Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast Fall Break. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. Hey, George, did you finish the movie? Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Bonus. So... Sang. Yeah. <laughs> not that I was worried, but we did watch Halloween 2007, the Rob Zombie reboot. Uh-huh. And... um. About 20 minutes in, I was thinking, am I going to finish this movie? <laughs> but I did. And I'm excited to hear what you thought. George, how are you, man? I'm good. Travis, how are you holding up after another zombie experience? Um, I'm doing okay, I guess. This is one of those zombie experiences that, much like the uh, Walking Dead ones, you're lucky to have your brain intact at the end. Word. But I don't want to bias George. George, tell me about Halloween. I know you love the original. How'd you like that reboot? Well, I found myself, you know, when I was watching it, there's a lot that's different. Like, it's very, very, very different. And I didn't want the difference, differentness of it. To affect it. To affect because... I mean, I, I know that I can't just forget everything that happened in the original. Right. I have to, like, you know, uh, watch this being informed by the original, but then also realize that this is a completely different director just doing his thing. Right. There were parts of it that, and, and this is all opinion, this is just me, like, what I like. Parts of it I liked. Yeah. And parts of it I didn't care for. And parts you despised. <laughs> Which yeah, is, I mean, it's the comic. Yeah, it's it, it had some good stuff and it had some stuff where I was like, mm, yeah, so we well, can discuss all that. What was the good stuff? Well, like what did you take away that you felt was a good addition? Wow. That's a that's a pregnant it's, pause, is what that is. It's it's hard to because that pause was so he, pregnant. I'm afraid that it spent time with Judith Meyer's stepdad, unsupervised. Yeah. Oh my god! Holy shit! Is that is that amniotic fluid? <laughs> no. Uh, what was it? S. Dan and Post. No. Yeah, it wasn't amniotic. What did they placental. say in the movie? Placental, placental fluid. Fluid. Not placental even the right fluid. term. I'm pretty sure they placental had a uh, placental infraction that. Uh, this movie had a placental infraction. This movie had a cerebral infraction. Go on. Hi, this is Dan in Post. Just in case you haven't heard our episode on The Cell, make sure you go listen to that for me and uh, my hatred of pseudoscience. Uh, infarction, infraction. What's the difference? Okay, so what did the movie add that I liked was the question. Yeah. And I... And I couldn't think of anything. Because you're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you. So I'm just curious as to what So here's the thing. Like, I don't want to go full whole hog and say I liked it. But I get what you guys were saying about the backstory of Myers. Okay. Okay. So why don't we break it down? In th since this is kind of like Full Metal Jacket. Let's break it down in three movies. It is a lot like Full Metal Jacket for yeah, one three, reason in particular. Three movies. <laughs> right. We have the three sections. We have the pre-story, the yeah. preamble, the mm -hmm. you know, the, the first 30 minutes or so. The first 30 minutes. Yeah. And you have the, uh, in the, the asylum, 
and then you have the uh, high school musical version of Halloween. <laughs> okay. So that's that's the three movies there. How did they handle the origin? Okay. In your mind. In the original, the origin was just non-existent. Right. Right? Or just, it's in your head. Your origin is... Well, yeah, if it's in your head, then it's not It's not there. I mean, like, let's be clear. There is an origin in the original Halloween. It is just first-person perspective to a crane shot of a young child with a knife. Like, right. You get an and origin, the, but it's just very skeletal. And through right. uh, Loomis's talk, he kind of gives you a little window of his interaction with Michael as a child. Right. That you never saw. But you do get a backstory in a way. A good enough okay. backstory where you're like, okay, he comes from a, a good home. His parents are together. Yep. Nothing's crazy. But he snapped. So that gave you a little bit. This is the opposite. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, in you know, in my experience, usually, I mean, like most of human behavior is, you know, like pretty rational. And a kid that comes from a home like that that you described in the original just has no reason to snap. Like we haven't, they haven't given him any kind of backstory as to like why he might snap. So the fact that we had more backstory here is an addition. I don't want to say that I like it because I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like it or not, but it was the director's choice and I don't hate it. Right. I'm just saying, like, this is a different movie altogether, like, just totally separate, separate the two. I watched this movie, and I didn't hate that. Right. I know some people do. I think you do. I, the reason why I dislike it, I do hate parts of it. I hate the dialogue. I think they went over the top. I also hate the dialogue. Yeah, they went over the top with creating this environment. Yeah. To the point where... You feel so sorry for Michael Myers. Like, his upbringing is horrendous. Like, the yeah. the total uh, creation of him into a psychopath, the whole time you're sympathetic. Even to the bullies in school. Like, everything. Everything's extreme. Everything is zombied. Yes. So... I mean, you could even argue that you're sympathetic toward Myers up to and including the egregious rape scene yes until yeah. you have the snap where they mess with his masks and he starts killing people and you're like oh that's not a heroic yeah. move but i mean really up through the beginning of that scene you're like oh and here they are just life picking on michael again like right yeah i i, I think taking the bully stuff out and <laughs> toning down a lot of that family stuff eliminates feeling bad for him but also kind of tells the story but because it's there it's so there like it's just too much way too much to the point where you're like okay this kid was doomed from the beginning and even though he has tendencies of a serial killer where he's torturing animals he's you know killing animals to see if he can what he can dissecting them or whatever he's doing to them Mm -hmm. that's textbook stuff yeah. But when you add in <laughs> the Forsyth character, the stepdad, mm-hmm. and the, the first, you know, five, ten minutes of just 
the berating, the stuff that he says, it's 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 way too much. The mom's too much. The sister, you don't care about any of them. You root for Michael Myers, which might be zombies' uh, approach, but to me, it yeah. kind of eliminates any kind of horror from it. To me, it would have been amazing if he was not didn't talk the whole time, even before he went to the, the uh, hospital. Mm-hmm. Didn't talk. Was a doing those weird things in the bathroom, doing weird things in the woods, but not experiencing all that other stuff. And then he snaps in, in the classroom, kills a teacher, snaps in the cafeteria, kills a teacher, kills a student mm-hmm. out of the blue, not methodically hunting them down. Like all that stuff just doesn't scream Michael Myers to me. It should, it would have been way more shocking and scary. Just like in the original, like you see him kill his sister you don't know he's six if you didn't see the trailer. Right. And then they pull the mask off and he's six. And then they do the, the crane desc- uh, ascending. Yeah. And you're like, the whole time they're zooming out, you're like, holy shit, that was a kid the whole time. Yeah. They could have done that here with a bit of a shock. Cause, uh, okay. Uh, to me, it's, I don't know. I, I mean, I just feel like the, I mean, the director made a choice. He wanted to give this killer a good, reason to kill I feel like mm-hmm. and as painful as it was to watch you know with the acting the dialogue the just the you know general you know ickiness of it yeah you needed a shower it was it was <laughs> it was successful I, I thought like you know I get it mm-hmm. okay it gave Michael Myers a reason to snap other than just like you know he's effed up for a reason that we were never given. Right. You know? So, it's there. I didn't hate it. It's a choice. Okay. And maybe I like it a little bit better because because of that fact. Mm-hmm. You know, that... I think it would have landed better if they didn't carry it over into the school. Like, it just seemed like everybody was at 11. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, okay, he's getting that at home. Maybe he's not getting that at school. But because he's getting it at home, he, yeah, I he get brings it. that it, terror to it's, school. It's I don't tough know. Because, the, because he laid it on real thick. Yeah. I mean, he's, so just don't lay it on so thick. Yeah. It's like the dialogue in this movie and the character development and even the production design, it really feels like the only world that Rob Zombie can imagine is literally like a rock and roll tour bus. Going to a summer rock and roll festival. Right. And it's like everybody in this world exists within the confines of, you know, that little understanding, which is it's fine, but maybe it doesn't transplant as well to Haddonfield, the suburb, as it would yeah. if he yeah. hadn't just based his remake of Halloween and a kid on a tour bus going crazy and killing right. the people at Ozfest or something. Because that's the other thing. Like we we lived near there. Yeah, I don't know anybody in Haddonfield that acts that way. Like it's just, it's it's not. It's you have to go a few towns over to get that. <laughs> you uh, know what I mean? Yeah, I'm more than more than a few. Yeah, it's to me that's what made Haddonfield scarier. You gotta, yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Uh, I, yeah, the way Haddonfield was 
portrayed in this movie was very different from mm-hmm. the original. The original is like it's a suburb, it's a bubble, like it's you know it's safe, yeah, and that's safe. what makes Michael Myers so scary is because exactly it's supposed to be this safe, wholesome place. And yeah, it's he's not, a masked phenom killing in Mayberry. Exactly. Yeah. So and and by the time he gets by by the time he gets out of um the hospital the hospital it is portrayed that way the town right well to an extent. i guess yeah it's a little bit more like they portrayed it in part 6 where it's kind of like it's kind of trashy yeah uh it's it's supposed to be high highfalutin kind of yeah. and it's not in the, in this movie it's very yeah again another average. thing that is just very different you know, and yeah. I think it's tough to like this movie because it's so different, and the original is so loved. Yeah, it's you know, it's so loved, and this is just so different. Well, I and if you get to a point that you're making everything so different, why are we still calling it Halloween? Yeah, is it even the same movie? But then, it, it, but then by the second and third act, it is the same movie that you know, right? Yeah. But that third, really, the first thirty minutes of this movie are like a Rob Zombie prequel to Halloween and then cut to his actual remake of Halloween for the last hour and a half, which I find myself once, if I can make it through the first half hour, if I can get to Ken Forey in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. I like the movie from there until almost to the end. There's a good chunk of hour, 10 minutes or so where it's like, wow, this movie isn't very bad. And the shots are great throughout. You know, the visual style is fantastic. But I have to get through the trailer park intro. And then I have to really just check out hard before we start pulling pictures out of Michael's pocket. Right. Well, I, I th- in the beginning, they, they also kind of destroy the Loomis character, too. Like, he's, he's not... He's, he, he's not experiencing the stuff that we are expecting when you hear Donald Pleasance give his delivery of lines, you expect if they're going to do a prequel to see those exchanges and to see this kid go fully blank stare blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Like it never went to, it was more like emotional breakdowns and stuff. It wasn't really to the point where at any point did I fear for Loomis's safety even though he did kill that nurse, I never felt he had, he was in danger. And Loomis. I never felt that he had, yeah, Loomis. And I never felt that Loomis had any interactions to the point where he had an oh shit moment where he's like, this guy, this kid, this little kid is going to be uh, a freight train and we need to keep him locked up. They really he shouldn't have had such the a, they shouldn't have had such a nice gym in the mental hospital. <laughs> that was poor foresight. unlike William Forsyth which in this movie he was a poor Forsyth he's fallen a long way from the rock is what I'm saying definitely yeah he's running the FBI in the rock I think was he running the FBI he was like one of the top guys but I don't think he's like the the top top guy he's the one with the history with Sean Connery right Forsyth or whatever his last name is. I don't remember what his <laughs> name is in the movie, but uh I don't know. I 
to me, all that's and yeah, in the second and third act, it suffered. Yeah, it, it they tried to pay homage to things from the original, but it was it suffered. There was no relationship between Laurie and Tommy, or I don't even think they did. They even say the kid's name. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I thought n- Tommy was good. I thought the kids were good. No, the kids were good, but I mean, there was no, there was no babysitter feeling to this movie. All right, know. so one of the one of the things that I absolutely did not like, which was another choice that strayed from the original, was like Laurie Strode being less than wholesome. You didn't like her fingering yeah. a bagel? No, fuck no. no. That part makes me <laughs> want to quit watching the movie too. Yeah, I'm like, no, I don't yeah. like it. And She was too Linda. Yeah, she was just kind of like... I don't know, Linda was like, kind of ditzy and, and, you know, was sexually free, but she wasn't gross about Vulgar. it. Vulgar, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. We and sound I, like I, a I bunch just... of prudes, but it is, it's... No, but it's that's the jarring. whole point of the original movie was that she was, because Jamie Lee Curtis even talks about yeah. that. She says, I am Linda in real life. Yeah. And they cast me as Laurie, which is the opposite of me but I'm going to play this part and she plays the hell out of it mm-hmm. and she becomes the final girl, yep. the, 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 the mold. Yep. And this Lori doesn't Is not, hold a torch no, to that. No, not at all. But I think in the original, they, they establish the babysitter angle way better mm-hmm. and they establish the kids' relation, all the kids, even Lindsay, mm-hmm. all the kids' relationships with their babysitters. Yeah, and then they trickle in the adult behavior of the babysitters that becomes detrimental to them later. Yeah, and it all ends up all the babysitting responsibilities fall on Laurie because right. she's the only one that's and that's all missing. Wholesome in this movie. I feel, <laughs> I feel I feel like it got rushed at the end because they spent so much time in the beginning on all the other bullshit that you didn't get those experiences in this one, which yeah. would have definitely helped. Yeah. You don't care. You don't care about Linda when she when she goes. No. You don't even care about Bob. You don't care about anybody. No. You care a little bit about uh, Annie, but I care more about her because of who she is, not so much the character. Yeah. Interested to hear if George is on the level to figure out why you said that. Hmm. Should you we know. talk about casting a little bit? Sure. Because I would say casting in this movie is one of the strong suits. Like yes. one of the things. When I see these people pop up, you know, your D. Wallace's and your friggin' Brad Dorif, my favorite actor who mm-hmm. is just crazy in every role, not acting crazy. But yeah. I mean, he's the best actor in this movie, right? I mean everybody... He would have been a he would have been a good Loomis. Yeah, but he's not British. I know. But he's but... a great bracket. Like I love I in yeah. this movie, he's my favorite character. And it's not just because I love Brad Dorif, but like he's just He's genuinely in the moment more than anybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. But he's also the best actor in the movie. But again, what suffers in this movie that you don't get in the original, the bracket character in the original is a carbon copy of Andy Griffith. Like, right. Visually yeah. and demeanor. Yep. The Brad Dourif character looks like he threw back some whiskey before work. Like, he just looks... He doesn't look like Andy Griffith at all. He doesn't... Yeah, he looks like he's stressed out. Yeah, he looks more like Don Knotts. And, and like, Don Knotts on a binge. So, to me, that kind of lessens the... Even though I liked his version and I like him, I think the bracket character 
being that Andy Griffith was done on purpose. Oh, on purpose. Sure. On purpose. <laughs> well, done on purpose. But yeah, it was you know, done on purpose. It's one of those things too, where I look at these zombie movies, these Rob Zombie movies, as opposed to the uh, Spring Outbreak zombie movies. But I look right. at Rob Zombie's movies and I see his casting choices, and I realize like he and I have a very similar taste in movies. Mm. Like we would probably be buddies watching movies. And then it just, it disappoints me so much that I can't get more into his worlds that he builds. Right. But I mean, when you're pulling Richard Lynch from Invasion USA into the same movie as Sid Haig, like you're speaking my language here, man. Like these are my guys. It's like a reunion of all my favorite crappy seventies and eighties movies. But then it looks so visually stunning. And then it's just a dialogue nightmare. Yeah. It was visually stunning. And delivery wise, like there's certain if you did a remake of a classic, like let's say you did a remake of Die Hard, you know what lines have to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. And you know how they have to be either delivered or done better mm-hmm. or they fall flat. Every single line that Loomis delivered fell flat. Right. Yeah. He did not believe what he was saying. As good of an actor as McDowell is, he didn't believe like Pleasance believed what he was saying. Yeah. It was just like, oh, I have this line. I have to say it. And even when, they're, when he finds out about the tombstone being stolen, like that scene in the original is so much better because the, the guy, the, the greenskeeper, is like counting out the spots. He's looking at the paper. You can see in Pleasance's face, he knows. Once he figures out who's laying there, he just says he, he came home. Like, it was just like a mm-hmm. matter-of-fact kind of thing. But McDowell, when he, when he delivers it, it's like he's, he can't get the car fast enough. He's not delivering the line. It's almost like a, an afterthought. The other guy uh, said, hey, he kind of jumps to... They all kind of know what they're supposed to be saying. They know what the mm-hmm. scene means, and they just kind of rush through it. Yeah, because they they have their marks and they have to hit them. That's why I call it the high school high school musical. Yeah, because when you see a high school do a play that you've seen on Broadway, it's that's the same how, lines. That's how it seems. Right, it's the exactly same song, like same lines, same marks, same set design. But yep. executed by a high school. So you're like, okay, yeah, that line was great when I saw it three years ago, but fell flat here because this kid just had it written on his hand and he never felt it. Yeah, right. it's like, and, it's amateur delivery, but it's not like non-actor, like clerk's amateur delivery. It's it's much more like a stale reading. Yeah, like they're all at a table doing a table reading. Yeah, only they're outside and a man with long hair is yelling at them to hurry up. Do you, George, at some point, I don't know if you'd ever sit through this movie again, but the director's commentary for this movie is, is great. Listening okay. to Rob Zombie just chat at you about making movies, mm-hmm. he's super interesting. He comes across very intelligent. Yeah. I like him when he... I, I like Rob Zombie. I just don't like his <laughs> movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like Marilyn Manson. Like I, so I like Marilyn Manson more. I like his music sometimes. But I like him when he's giving an interview. He's so freaking smart. Oh, yeah. And and everything he says is just like, I might not agree with it, but I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. 
even Eminem, like people like that, like yeah. when they talk, they give an interview. If the interviewer is good, you you like the person more. Maybe not their work, but you like them. And I think when I hear Rob Zombie give an interview about the process or what he was thinking or what his creative process is, I can listen to it all day. Same thing with Kevin Smith. I can listen to him all day. Whatever it is he's talking about, I'll listen. Yeah. But I'm not always a big fan of their movies because I'm not, I don't like their style sometimes to the point where I'm like, I have to eat it up. That's fair. I think Dan just expressed the same thing. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Completely. I, I'm so, actually going to go listen to the commentary because I, I probably would enjoy it more. It's great. Halloween 2 also, he does a real good one. But you have to sit through Halloween 2, which is... <laughs> We're not even going to do you that get, to George. You get more Annie in that movie. so That's true. Now, before we talk about Annie, George, I mentioned Ken Foree earlier. He's Big Joe Grizzly from the uh, bathroom fight. Yeah. Did you recognize him as an actor? Mm-mm. He's the lead in Dawn of the Dead. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when he popped up in wow. this movie, I was like, friend oh, my show. God, friend of the show, Ken Foree. <laughs> I left wow. a lot of brothers down there. Both. <laughs> Love that Both. line. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So, in that fight between him and, and Tyler Mayne, the Michael Myers mm. guy, I mean, they're beating the hell out of each other. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, I don't know about it, each other. Yeah, well, I mean, it's mostly. One-sided. It's a one sided. But he's, very he's getting put through that bathroom, that stall. Like, it's a brutal fight. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I can give uh, Rob Zombie credit for. Like, the, everything looked great. Yeah. Like, all of the effects looked great. The, you know, the, the blood photographed beautifully. <laughs> it looked um, great in the bottle and on the camera. In the bottle and yep. on the film. And the, you know, the the effects weren't like so over the top, you know? No. It looked real as fuck. Well, and the twitchy like, kills. It's yeah, a level of yeah. brutality you don't normally see in the like slasher movies where generally you have an off button inside that when you get stabbed, you just turn off and collapse. Like, yeah, right. you're dead before you hit the ground. This yeah. was much more... Yeah, like when um when the creepy stepdad gets his throat slit mm. and like the knife passes and you don't really see anything for like yeah, what the, feels like an eternity the and then it flow. just starts coming out and it's just and he's still alive and he's like gasping and it's like this is a, I I mean I don't know I don't know anything about Real slitting death, people's throats right? <laughs> but like that looked real as fuck to Same me. Same with the nurse like it was the nurse that was kind of, she looked dead laying against the wall, but she was still kind of talking, like she was kind of like mumbling stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like to me, that that's good. All that, yeah. all that, more of that. Definitely yep. a post-hostile movie. If we're charting the timeline of mainstream horror movies, you know, we've had our post-saw, post-hostile torture porn era to where now those kind of kills are acceptable in a slasher movie. Yeah, when Myers kills Bob against the wall in the staircase, mm-hmm. it it's almost like he didn't need that knife. It was iconic. You have to do the knife knife pinned to the wall because that's yeah. that's one of the benchmarks you have to do, yeah, the, yeah. the boxes you have to check. Mm-hmm. But him slamming him against the wall, lifting him up, and the feet are dangling was way better than the original movie. Like It looked like he was really 
killing him. Yeah. Like, like the Annie kill in the original. Like it kind yeah. of that part gave me uh Texas chainsaw vibes. Yeah. The the twitching after the hammer shot before he drags him through the door. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. but then he finishes with like the knife stab and the head turn. And I feel and like he can't even see it. It just doesn't even I don't know. He it looks like he's doing it because he was told to. Yeah. It didn't he's not in the moment for that part. The original shot. See the is, head the head tilt, if I was the director, I would just not do it because the original was just but they already committed to doing the 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 reprise or the uh the uh what, what do you call it in the theater when you a revival he, they did the ghost they did the ghost bob they did yeah. everything so they have to do the, the head tilt but they didn't shoot it in the right angle to where you can even tell he's tilting his head well I think and he tilts his purposely. head after all these different kills and it's like man it's just it went from being a cool thing he did in one shot that made it creepy yeah. to like now it's just like his little wrestling signature after he does his finisher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hogan must pose, right? Myers yeah. must tilt. It's like when uh, Undertaker throws his eyeballs back. Exactly. Although, does he do the sit-up in this movie? There is no sit-up that I remember. There is no sit-up. I was kind of looking for that. Yeah. But yeah, when he stabs Bob, I was like... they. It looked weird. Yeah. It was almost it's like different. the angle was, it was different, it's but different. it was like, it didn't even look like he had enough angle, like a, a, enough push to it to stick him to the wall. Yeah. And he hit him in a weird spot. It looked like it would have hit him in the, like the, uh, breastbone. Yeah. So it's like, I don't even know if that's where you, I've never pinned a guy to a wall with a butcher knife, but I would imagine that's not the spot. But I it seems to me wrong. like the act, the I actor, would imagine it's just beneath. Yeah. But the actor didn't seem like he he had ever seen Tyler Maine in that outfit yet, because his yeah. oh shit face yeah when he was pinned against that wall with the the hand on his throat mm-hmm. I've met Tyler Maine his hand is about the size of my head like he's a big dude yeah and that actor didn't look like he was acting because <laughs> he wasn't div- given that delivery at any other point in this movie. Mm. What do you so, guys think about the little double fake out for the audience where Bob is actually wearing the sheet for a second? I like that. That that threw me off a little bit, and I liked it. It's a good yeah. game to play with the audience, but does it take away from the scariness if it's if the movie's winking at you? What it takes away from is the creativeness of Myers. It turns him into a copycat. It turns him into an imitation. Yeah, like to type. me, that's the that's the funniest part of the original movie was. <laughs> Where? Where did that come from? Where did the idea of him pulling the sheet, cutting holes in the it's eyes... It's from the, the head of an 11-year-old. Right. That's where it comes and from. And to me, it's like it, it, it adds so much more to that character, just like when he puts a phone to his ear, and he's got that blank face, and he's like <laughs> listening to the phone. Like, yeah. like that's the good stuff. That's the, that's the minutia. And that's the, uh, what I love about these movies. You know, I'm not completely convinced that John Carpenter didn't make the original... And all of these things happened mostly by accident. It's possible. I, I know he did. Uh, Castle did say that he was told to tilt his head. Okay. He said he has said that in many interviews. There, there's just things that you point out from the original where I'm like, I don't even know if that was even had anything to do with. That was a. It's a choice. I I want to see the script and see if it was described as he was wearing a ghost costume with Bob's glasses on. 
Or was that something on set that they decided? Or is that something that in writing they said, okay, how do we determine Michael Myers is different from other serial killers? He's posing bodies. He's putting them in positions. He's stealing tombstones and putting them on beds. Like, there's shit that he's doing that no other killer does. Right. Jason had a a mural to his mother, but that was that, it. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to kill these counselors and lay them at your feet. That's that's Basically, what I'm doing. Yeah, it's like an altar. And it's not really, he's not posing so, them. Okay. Like, uh, he, he set up a tombstone in the bedroom when he laid Annie out. Mm-hmm. He lit a jack-o'-lantern. No, did he light the jack-o'-lantern, or was that already lit? That was already lit. But he puts a ghost sheet on, puts Bob's glasses on. That's hilarious. Like, to me, that's doing in this version, showing Bob like that, takes it away from Michael. And that, that angered me a little bit. Yeah. I would love to go back and off. see the writing session between Deborah Hill and John Carpenter for that scene with Bob, because, or with, with Michael dressed as Bob. Because I imagine mm-hmm. the conversation is, we want to do dial M for murder with the phone. So we need to yeah. find a way to get her to acknowledge he's there, but not be scared yet. Right. How do we do that? And then they probably worked backwards from there, which if you're Rob Zombie and you're trying to ground this more, that would be a perfect time to do the Bob trick like he did in this movie, because suddenly you've grounded it and Myers isn't some kind of goofy kid. He just sees an opportunity right, and seizes it to hand her a beer and then... That whole kill is kind of questionable, but you know, the old one was too, though. I mean, I, you know, when you've seen Halloween as often as we have, especially I watched it at like 11 years old. I'm sure Travis, you probably saw it when you were young too. Regular TV. Yeah. When you see him doing the dial M murder, the phone cord murder as a kid, it's a strangulation, Mm -hmm. but as an adult, there's a sexual element to it that you wouldn't understand. In the right. way that he like is behind yeah. her and overpowers her and you know the throttling and the noises, and I feel like the zombie version kind of ups that <laughs> a little bit, yeah, in the positioning and the strangling grossness, but at least it's like <laughs> for a Rob Zombie movie, it's mercifully short, <laughs> like yeah, I could imagine a world in which Zombie would take that scene and it's a five minute strangulation scene. So thank and, you. And like a phone phone penetration. <laughs> well, I don't know if you would have to get that literal, but you know, it's just hat tip to Rob Zombie for maintaining some subtlety. Yes. In one of these scenes, <laughs> a scene involving full no frontal point. nudity and um some rear nudity that is extreme for a R-rated movie. So. Let's see. Well, this was unrated. Oh, that's I true. I don't know what the that's I don't know true. what the theatrical look like. I I've I've heard that the a lot of the things are just cut down a lot. No, well, uh, I yeah. can see that there was full frontal nudity in the theatrical version because I remember okay. being kind of shocked by that. You know, it's a right. just you know in the context well, a, of a kill. It's a, Wein, it's a Weinstein don't. movie. It is. It's a Weinstein movie. Yeah, and I saw those names in the beginning and I was like, <laughs> Ick. Um. So we yeah. didn't talk about yeah. Daniel Harris yet who plays Annie in this movie. So, uh, kind of an elephant in the room situation. George, did Clearly, you recommend... he's looking at the mic. Did like, you recognize Annie at all? <laughs> the lady that played Annie? Should I have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But also, remind like, me. I'm kind of glad you didn't. Yeah. Remind me. What did we just finish watching? <laughs> uh, Halloween 6. 4, 5, and 6, which is the Jamie Lloyd trilogy. Yeah. Danielle Harris is Jamie Lloyd. In 4 and so, 5. So that is little Jamie grown up. Annie. Wow. Which is why oh, so many of us had crushes on her. <laughs> oh. But at the same time, okay. like I, as someone who came into this franchise late, right? later, right? She's older than me. But she's my age, so I can say that. It's just, yeah. I always thought it was pretty gross to be like, hey, you remember that child actor that you haven't seen right. anything since Halloween 5? Here she is asking to get effed and taking her shirt off. Like, Yeah, that was my, when you just told me, that was my first reaction was, ooh. Yeah, it's an ooh. Like, uncomfortableness. And she's yeah. a great actress. And in Halloween 2, she kind of steals but, the movie. But I, yeah. but I, hold on. But I, I relate to Travis with other actors, right? So actors that are my age, mm-hmm. right? So like, for instance, if this was like Mary-Kate or Ashley Olsen, I wouldn't feel weird because right, I was a kid when they them. were a kid. right? Or if it was like Lindsay Lohan, whatever. She's a child actor. Right. I was a child when she was a child. So I feel you there. I equate it to... Going to grammar school or middle school with somebody and having a crush on them and then not seeing them again till college or like yeah. at somebody's wedding when you're 25. Yeah. And you're like, I, Holy shit. Like, wow. I, wow. I relate. I relate to <laughs> yeah. that. But but watching four, five and six as a 34 year old and then you giving me that yeah. information about this movie. Yeah. Now I'm just like, ooh. yeah, you wouldn't have any of those feelings like I, I she was. I don't know how old she was in part four. But I think I'm like a year or two older than her. So, but I remember her on on uh, Roseanne. She played, uh, yeah, one of the sisters' friends. Yeah. So I mean, I get it. Last Boy Scout. Like she had been in other things other than Halloween Five and Four. Right. So I'd seen her grow. She was up. on your radar. That's right. Fine. Just yeah. like Alyssa Milano. Like I remember her from Who's the Boss, but I watched her. She's my age as well. We all grew up together. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think my concern with it, because again, people grow up and then they have the all the right in the world to do whatever they want with their lives. But the thing that I think hangs me up on this is that she's coming back to a franchise she did as a kid. Right. You know, so it's it's not Lindsay Lohan in Machete getting naked in her 20s. It's Lindsay Lohan in a sequel to The Parent Trap, where now she's <laughs> the mom... And she right. has a penetrative sex scene, right? Like mm. we don't, yeah. uh, you don't need to cross pollinate these weird, you know, it, it's I, just weird to cross pollinate like sexuality with literal memories of you as a child fresh in all of our minds. Listen, right. dude, I don't know if there's a comp for this situation. It would have been better if life. Daniel Harris was cast as Lori. It would have been awesome if she was Lori. Yeah. Because you would get the same feels. Because you're like, oh, she was, okay, mm-hmm. different trilogy, or different, yeah. friend, whatever, but it's still, it's still my, it's still my Lori. Well, that's the problem, is it's, it's yeah. specifically the sex, and the addition that she's playing Annie, who we all know is, you know, horned up for Paul, but like, she doesn't have a sex scene in the, the original. Right. You know, she barely has like a partial nudity as she changes from the popcorn incident, so like, you go from a character that has no sex scene to like 
the most graphic sexual dialogue I've ever heard in a slasher movie. Right. Right. Frank, realistic, I'm sure, for some people, but like, you know, these are high school kids. She became Linda. But Linda wasn't even that forward. And Linda wasn't even that way. But yeah. this Linda, like this Linda was written that way. And then they, Annie one up there. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's a crass choice. I would just, I would plant my flag in crass and unnecessary. Uh, if they'd made her Lori or if they'd kept Annie similar to the original writing where she is pursuing a man, but not frankly nude in front of all of us with, you know. Right. It's just two Rob Zombie, man. And it's yeah. a detriment to Danielle Harris, who's a great actress. And uh, if George ever does take the time to watch Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie, there are two things you can look forward to. And one of them is how great Danielle Harris is at carrying the movie. Yeah. Yep. What's funny is she was. Did you ever see The Last Boy Scout? Is that the it's one me? with Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Yeah, Punt Return Danielle from Hell. Harris yeah. plays Bruce Willis's estranged daughter. She's like 13 in that movie. So she's not much older than she was in Halloween 5. Mm-hmm. And she's disgruntled as shit. And she's dropping F-bombs. She's calling him a fucking asshole. And all, like, all these different things. And it's like exactly what you're talking about. But <laughs> she was... Wasn't she just like wholesome Jamie Lloyd and now yeah. she's dropping F-bombs in Bruce Willis movie? Well, she's an actor. Yeah. Actress. So it she's was more actress. gradual for me. It wasn't like, oh, there she is in Halloween the remake. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, can we talk about masks? Oh. Yes. Yes. You mean- Let's we... just talk about the Myers in general because okay. Taylor Maine's- So- There's like five I Myers I want to talk specifically movie. about masks. Okay. There's two mask points I want to hit. Do we like- Michael Myers obsession obsession with masks no me neither okay is the mask the Myers mask the real like the Myers mask that Mm -hmm. we know the white mask the final mask is it too perfect I feel like it's definitely too perfect at times I feel like he picks it up and it's, it's like, very stylized. It's like a like it's a like a rubbery mask, and it's fine. And then like the camera changes, and it's like a perfect like angelic looking yeah. thing. And I know like I know he he you know the director is shooting it like this on purpose. Like he wants to get that mask yeah. right. He wants to get it perfect. And I'm kind of like it was stolen from a store and it's just a mask. Not this one though. Not this I, one. Well, this one has a lot more history to it, which also bothered me. Okay. Not this one, but I'm talking like from the original. Oh, okay. From the original. It's ori- just, it's just a, a hard, mask. hardware store mask. It's right. just a Halloween mask. Mm-hmm. It could have been anything. Yes. But it's a, it's it almost a, was. It's a white spray painted Captain Kirk mask. Like that's, what it is. And this mask was just when he's holding it, when he's wearing it, just the aura of it was kind of like, maybe it's too forward. Maybe it's too in the front. Like right. the mask is like, Well, you know, they, they kind of suffer throughout the movie once he gets to Haddonfield because they show him following the girls. And again, it's broad daylight. They're missing the, the, the nuance of the original, just like we talked about with part six. Oh, I could see your feet. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. There's there's no subtlety to his movement in the broad daylight. Like in the original, he even though it was daytime, he was still in the shadows. He was still blending. It wasn't like to me, Tyler Maine is like six foot nine. He's a wrestler. Like mm-hmm. he's he's not hiding behind anything, and he's walking around with a stylized mask. Which I I remember seeing the trailer, and it it I was just as mad then as I was when they did the remake of Texas Chainsaw because I was like, it looks really good. The movie looks good. Jessica Biel looks good. Everything about this remake, I'm saying yes. But that's. That leather face mask, it looks like it was sculpted in a special effects it's lab. It's so perfect. And it, it's contoured and it fits too perfectly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it made it, it threw me off a little bit. Like the, the mask, the lore of the original Texas Chainsaw was it looked like somebody's face was peeled and it was put on Gunnar Hansen's face. Yeah. It didn't fit perfectly. His, his lips showed sometimes. Like it wasn't a movie mask. Yeah. This Myers mask is a movie studio version of the Kirk mask. That's how I feel. And that bothered me. Yeah. Put on a wrestler. Yeah. He was massive. Yes. Which, which is not, which is, I, I feel like th- he, I, I liked Myers in this. He was, yeah. he was, he was very, it was, it was good. He wasn't like, he wasn't too slow. He wasn't too fast. He was, he was very strong and intimidating. He was brutal. And, brutal yeah so you know i like all those things i'm not used to having a massive like this is like if jason and leatherface had a child (laughs) yeah like Like this dude is this dude's enormous yeah which is not i i mean i thought that mike michael myers was just like kind of stickly he's an everyday guy yeah and the bigger you make him the more he's jason right and yeah. even Jason doesn't have to be hulking. Like, this dude looked like he was going to, like, take his coveralls off midway down and he was going to have a six-pack. Like, I, I don't need to see six-pack J- uh, Michael. This dude looks like an <laughs> offensive lineman. He looks like or a... He's like, looked like a tight end is what he looks like. Like, he's just... He's huge, but he's... He takes up the screen. There's, he's not hiding anywhere. Right. And like all the iconic scenes in the original, like the the hedges, and the clothesline, the sheets on the clothesline, yeah, and the hiding by the station wagon, like all those things, uh, standing by the window when Tommy looks out the window and he's standing, you see a silhouette. He's a shape. He's yeah. not the fucking screen, right? And this it takes it away because a the way it's shot, it's not shot in that that grand you know ratio that that uh, Carpenter shot it in. Because yeah, Carpenter true. was like, I'm going to shoot every every bit, everything I shoot, it's going to be wide, and he could be somewhere in every frame. Yeah. And in this movie, it was like, I'm going to shoot it beautifully, but you're going to know where Fuck Myers is. He's like already there. Yeah. And the one time it's like subtle, it's one of the movement through the house scenes. When Myers is in the background as the camera pans past him, they put in like a little extra music sting just yeah, in case you yes. missed it. Oh, that was weird. It's like <laughs> <"Bah, that's laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, like someone stepped on a cat's tail or something. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but not as strange as when Michael the child pops up with the Myers mask on before he kills yeah, I Judith. Yeah, that too. 
there's like even a music sting there that you're supposed to be like, oh my god, and instead I just laughed. Like, yeah, oops, that didn't go well. I do like that scene though, where you kind of expect it to switch to the first person perspective, and they just don't bother. At, you know, the at the beginning, when you when you'd expect him to have like a, a rehash of Carpenter's thing. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because we always talk about, oh, they shouldn't have blown the reveal in the trailer that it was a kid. Well, we've had 40 years of reveals by now, so everybody knows. So why even bother going to first person? Right. And it's kind of like the fundamental in this movie. It's just a, it's a fundamentally different perspective for us, the viewer. And that's not bad or good. It's just it's a choice that he made and stuck with for the most part. Did you notice the one first person shot in the uh Murder of Judith. Yes. Uh, I didn't know. It's didn't when she's it. laying on the bed and he's looking at her ass. Uh, yeah. And I imagine it's because even Rob Zombie's not going to let a 10 year old boy see a naked lady. <laughs> and so right. that's the one scene that you didn't need it, but Zombie wanted it. You know, Zombie gets his butt shot. But he made right. it a point to make it from the perspective of Myers, so you don't have to have a kid in the, in same, the same room, room. as a naked yeah. naked bottom. So, I, you know, Kudos. I didn't I didn't notice that, but now I respect it. <laughs> uh, Thank you for pointing that out. That's why I that you know that's why I come back every week. That's why we do the podcast so I can tell ins- you how we protect like children that. from butts. Yep. Yeah. It's important. It is important. Uh, I don't know. But they didn't protect that child actor from murdering multiple people, so... No. Well, hopefully... You can only do so much. <laughs> hopefully that all worked out great. But in the end, I think... Uh, everything I liked about the remake of Friday 13th, because they did pretty much the same formula... I liked it in Friday Thirteenth. I did not like it in this. Maybe it's because Halloween is more near and dear. But like, like you said, the stylization, the the cropped shots of him like Macbething his mask, and it's it's just like yeah. I remember in the Friday Thirteenth remake, I said you know his retrieval of the hockey mask was not explained. Like at least in the part three, they show Shelley walking around with this mask, mm-hmm. he's pranking with it. It explains why it's there. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's like, we need a hockey mask. How do we get him a hockey mask? Oh, well, let's just put it on the wall. Yeah. And then when he looks, he puts it on, and like, it's the same thing. It's almost like the, the lady in the lake threw it to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. he puts it on like like he's ex, like it's Excalibur. Like, to me, I, I don't like that shit. The charm of it in the original is that, it, like you said, could have been a mistake and became something big. Like the head tilt. Well, but that's the difference between making new art and trying to remake art that we already love. Yeah. But I'll bring it up again. I always bring it up. The remake of King Kong. Peter Jackson, one of the biggest King Kong fans ever, besides me, makes, (laughs) makes, gets the nod five years after he wanted to, to remake King Kong. Mm-hmm. He takes the opportunity and he's like, okay, I'm going to make a three-hour movie. I'm going to do one hour in New York, one hour on Skull Island, one hour in New York. And I'm going to tell the shit out of the story and I'm going to character develop my ass off. 
everything that's missing from the original. But then he took the original and he said, okay, I'm going to take everything I love about the original and put it in this movie as an homage, but I'm not going to, when I'm telling my story, I'm not going to remake anything. But when I do, you're going to know it. T-Rex fight. Uh, the spider pit. Like, all these different things that he said, I have to get this right because all the fans are watching me. And if I don't do the 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 chest pounding after the T-Rex fight, mm-hmm. if I don't do the jaw breaking, mm-hmm. if I don't do, uh, you know, and screaming, like if, I, if I don't do all these things, the fans are going to hate me. So I have to put it in there. But I'm not going to half-ass it. I'm going to make it a choice, and it's going to be, in my mind, better than the original, even though I know it's not. And that's the approach that Zombie did not take. That movie, the King Kong remake, is... It, it, I saw it before we ever started this podcast, and it was my favorite movie I had ever seen for a while. Right. That movie is and it is even without it's lacking, knowing it's lacking nothing and it's and it doesn't have anything like that it doesn't need. It's, it's there's so, one thing that, that that movie does not need and one if we ever do the original Kong and we talk about it I, I think the Central Park stuff didn't need to be in there. But other than that it's a perfect movie. The 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 flirting scene before the army gets there. You know the okay in the park. Like to me, that wasn't necessary, but it was. Yeah. It was a CGI porn, and it's fine. <laughs> CGI porn. Well, we were in that that era. Yeah, yeah. But after you see three T Rexes fighting Kong, and it's he like, kills uh, one with a boulder, <laughs> you don't need any more CGI porn. It's all done. That's true. We're good. <laughs> but you needed the um, you know, you needed the waking up in the canoe. You know, before the Jason's. Coming out of the water. What in this? Yeah, no, no, no. In in King Kong, right? Like you needed. Yeah, the, you needed that. You needed that lull the, yeah, before the, the lull crazy happened. Yeah, right. exactly. The, it, it draws you in. It's like everything's gonna be okay. See, right. everything's great. Except no, it's <laughs> Except not. not. Here's the yeah. army. But with with this, I think <clears throat> Zombie never cared that much. I don't know if he he probably is a fan. I just don't know if he cared enough about the other Halloween fans to take those little snippets, those 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 needed moments. It's like making a few good men and not having you can't handle the truth I in think, the scene. Yeah, I I think <laughs> like, that when I think that when Peter Jackson did King Kong, it was about the movie. It was about the story. It was about King Kong. Yeah. It wasn't about Peter Jackson. No. And I feel like this movie is a lot about Rob Zombie, and not. And you would be probably correct. And not about Mike Myers. But I think he wanted to do it justice. I just I'm not sure he cared that much about the original scenes being yeah. remade mm-hmm. to do them right. Yeah. You can tell because he come he kind of fumbles through the ghost Bob scene. Yeah, and he fumbles through every scene with Loomis, and yeah. he gives you a shitty Laurie. Yeah. And to me, and then he takes an iconic pre-trilogy character or actress and really gives her not that much to crow about as a fan of Halloween. Be like, oh, well, she was, she's in it, but she's in Yeah. 
like to me it just I don't think the the care was given. It might have been a Weinstein issue. I don't know. Maybe they didn't care enough. Yeah, because it wasn't their franchise. But uh, we don't know how much the studio was involved in this. So much screaming in this. Yeah, a lot like, of screaming. oh that whole pool scene. Ugh, there was just an an immense amount of screaming. Yeah, I mean I, you know, and in the original there's screaming, but like. There's a lot of like, you know, Michael Myers is here. I have to be like quiet, you know, like hiding in the closet and or just like, you know, just that suspense. Like you don't know where he is and just like, you know, like, you know, in the original there was, you know, she runs over to the neighbor's house. She bangs on the door. She's screaming for help, blah, blah, blah. But it gets to a point where she's like, okay, I'm on my own Mm -hmm. and I need to be smart. And. Yeah, she she quiets down a bit, and she turns into <laughs> kind of she she decides to be more tactical, mm-hmm. and that never happened in this movie. No, and even at the end, like that whole that was the boogeyman type scene. Yeah, like it, it just seemed forced. Like again, because I didn't give two shits about the Loomis character, and I really didn't care much about Lori. Oh, and also that's not how revolvers work. <laughs> But <laughs> just to top it all off at the end. See. And I didn't like the pool scene. I wasn't really. Yeah, there's sure not a lot of pools it. like that. It doesn't seem congruent with the Haddonfield neighborhood. Unless Haddonfield is actually, you know, in uh, California. Pasadena land. I am, No, I imagine, I imagine there's plenty of in-ground pools in actual Haddonfield. I don't know. Are they going to um, be that bone dry that early in the fall? No. I just don't think so. No. I, they will not be. <laughs> Unless they're in a dilapidated version of Haddonfield, which it seems like this movie was. Yeah. But then if they were that but, dilapidated, they'd have pooling water from the rain. I was waiting for some dead bodies coming out of that pool. Yeah. <laughs> they moved the headstones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, D. Wallace Stone as Lori's mother and the scene where Myers goes into the Strode house. Like, <laughs> like he just totally picks off the dad. Yeah. In mid stride. He almost like, he's like if Bigfoot were to walk into your house, like yeah. he just grabbed him halfway through the door. Yep. And then like scared the shit out of her to the, like, if you want a screamer in a movie, it's D Wallace. Like she's, yeah. she's Jamie Lee Curtis caliber scream queen. Way more than the girl playing Laurie. Mm-hmm. Like she just has that blood curdling scream that she does in every movie she's in. I I, I was a fan. I I wanted her to become Laurie halfway. Through. I'm like, can she just be Laurie? Is, is it just me or did Michael Myers's mother seem like she, like have a resemblance to Jamie Lee Curtis? Is that just me? Oh, she would probably love you for that. Yeah, that might just be you. That's uh, Rob Zombie's <laughs> wife. She she gets That's, to be in all the movies. She's actually she's a, a decent oh, actress. Right? I, I liked her in this movie. She's good in this. <laughs> but uh, she reminds me of Jamie Lee Curtis a little bit. And I'm like, what is going on here? With like, she's, you know, just, yeah, I don't know. That's his wife. She She's the uh, Bruce Campbell to his Sam Raimi. She's in okay. everything he does. I do really love the D. Wallace dialogue when Laurie gets home from school and she's like yeah. I am still just not happy about that bagel joke like me neither <laughs> I'm on the same page with you D. Wallace that was upsetting I didn't need that 
I think it is stupid that Michael Myers kills the Strodes uh, because yeah. Detective Michael Myers has sometime, somehow used his psychic link with Boo, his baby sister, to derive right. the fact that she's been adopted by this family and they must pay. Like that, it's yeah. anything having and to do was... with him and the sister and knowing she's the sister this early with the picture. I forget that it's even in the movie because it's so stupid. It doesn't even register yeah. in my hate it category. It falls out of my brain. And he teleports. Like he's, okay, at, so... he's at Annie's window, then he's at the Strode house killing the Strodes, and then he's at a pool. Like, like he's, he doesn't even have a car, but well, he's, he's everywhere. He's the buggy man. That's so, true. um, so another thing that was is consistent in this movie um with the first is that there is no reason why he has to kill his sister that's never explained right and in this movie it is also not explained <laughs> why are we killing our sister right. please tell me why does it have to be the they family don't even, you can barely hear them call that baby in the beginning Lori, like you don't. I even... don't think they even do. No, they call I her Boo. The... They call her Boo. Boo, baby Boo. You don't even know if that baby's a boy or a girl That's in the true. beginning. Although any Halloween fans gonna know, oh, there's a baby in the house. That must be Lori Strode. <laughs> That's true, but it right. doesn't make any sense for him to, service. in one scene, like want to be close to Boo, but then also he's still trying to kill Boo and like. Yeah, what it's happened? Why does he want to kill Boo Is now? it because she stabbed him? Thorn. Because he stabs everybody, <laughs> and he should be used to that Thorn? Yeah, it could be Thorn. Because Ant-Man said so. Unstated Thorn. <laughs> Thorn. <laughs> Serious question about this movie, more important even than the Thorn question. Guys, how the living hell did Rush end up on this soundtrack? <laughs> I didn't mind that. I love Rush. But they deserve better Rush than too. this movie. They they yeah. did fit in some uh uh Don't Fear the Reaper though, which tends to pop up in every uh dimension film. Well, and you know, it's yeah. it's from the original, so we have to have it, but <sighs> I don't know. I didn't like the way that they implemented Don't Fear the Reaper, I think because they used it twice. Right. I think the first time the way it's implemented in that scene, I'm like, oh okay, yeah, cool, okay, we're doing that. But then when it pops up again later, I'm like, oh, master of subtlety, Rob Zombie. Like, <laughs> <sighs> You know what's sad? Like, He's so into himself that that do you see anything you like line, he wasted, he, he wasted it. Like, He was so busy being him that he didn't even let that any of those one-liners kind of marinate a little bit. Like, he does it from, he shoots it from far away. And there's no sexiness to it. Like when PJ does it, she just has like a a, a playfulness mm-hmm. that is completely missing in this movie. There's no playfulness with any character. Yeah. But even though she's the fast character in the original and she's the one, you know, hungry and, and sex crazy. I get it. She's still kind of playful about it. And... The way Zombie shoots that scene, you've already seen that he killed Bob uh, as a ghost. So you already know that Myers is the ghost uh, without any mystery. Like, in the original, he is the ghost. You know it's Myers. Yeah. But you're not really sure what the fuck he's up to. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like, okay, why is he dressed like that? He's 
he's standing in the door. He's not moving. She's talking to him. Like it's just again nuance and yeah. In the original, it was kind of like playful. He doesn't move until she stands up and says, "This is going nowhere." Like yeah, she starts using the phone, and then he starts walking towards her. Yeah, and this one he hands her in, hands her a beer. Yeah, like, in it's this like <laughs> it's like she says it like. Uh, See anything uh, you like? Does she even say go get? She does say go get me a beer. She does. She, but in this one, she delivers that line. You see anything you like? Like she's in an, a like a porno or like a, she's, <laughs> or like it's a, like she's uh, in a grocery store and there's a sale rack and she's in a hurry, but she wants to give her child a chance to pick one thing off the shelf. Right. Just you see anything you like? Okay, let's right. keep moving. And that I think is the problem. As I as we talk about this movie more, there is a an inspired Rob Zombie who's here to make a violent white trash trailer trash murder thriller slasher hostile movie and then there's rob zombie begrudgingly doing his homework by allowing characters to say lines that we recognize but not giving them any kind of credence you know probably because he's trying to make it his own thing he doesn't want to tribute the original but weinstein or a cod or somebody is on his butt about saying hey you are remaking halloween so here's the dialogue parts we want in this movie and so he's begrudgingly putting them in, but intentionally downplaying them consistently to the point that it's like, why did we even bother? Right. And I think Loomis suffers the most with that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why did we even bother? And is this even Halloween? But then it's so yeah. Halloween. Actually, parts. that sums up this movie pretty well. <laughs> Why did we even bother, and is this even Halloween? Yeah, some of it is Halloween. And part of it, I want to say, tries. like... Does Rob Zombie like (laughs) the movie Halloween? I'm not sure. Honest question. I think Rob Zombie likes Rob Zombie. (laughs) (laughs) I think Rob Zombie likes Rob Zombie. Well, at least the the director of part six openly stated he had never seen a Halloween movie before. (laughs) Well, he should have been fired. Yeah, it wasn't easy to find DVDs back then. He had to buy a videotape from a rental store. So I don't know if if Rob Zombie was. I'm assuming he was a fan. Why else would he remake it? He just remade the Munsters, and he's been a Munsters fan since he was a kid. I don't know if he. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. So I wonder I'm, how angsty it is. Yeah, I'm curious to see wh- how he handles something that's so precious to him. Yeah, know? that's an interesting way to put it because I've heard some very negative things, but I haven't seen it yet, so I shouldn't preach. Yeah, not, I haven't seen it, but it's just like I've seen what Peter Jackson did with his baby. I've seen what Spielberg did with his babies, and I've seen, I'm, I'm hoping Rob Zombie knows what to do with his baby, but from what I've seen, I don't, I don't we'll think he see. does. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you might rather watch Halloween 2 than that. <laughs> Man, now I kind of want to watch Halloween 2 again, just to see how shitty it is. I remember hating it, but that was the theatrical cut. Maybe the unrated is better. Hmm. I'm not going to watch Halloween 2. Spoiler alert. I'm I'm not. <laughs> oh, we're not doing that next week? God, no. I would quit the podcast at that point. <laughs> George, George is already has his letter of resignation. <laughs> and it's just full of F words because he wrote it while he was watching this movie. Right. And apparently Aaron's quitting too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know how I would fix this movie? We haven't done a Dan Fixes yes. It in a long time. And I think I could actually do it. If I had Adobe Premiere... And maybe access to the the original 
Halloween, uh, what are the stems? What do you call them in movies? Like the, if I had the actual production files and I was allowed to the negatives. Well, nothing's negative anymore. If I had the original in Adobe Premiere production version of this movie, so I could move music around and stuff. Here's what you do: you start the movie with him doing the cockeyed stare at the dead guard. So you've skipped all of the beginning part. Right. He is escaping. You've done your intro credits. You do your it's Halloween. You do 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 do. Scary face, dead body, siren going off. He leaves the uh, the hospital. And then when you get to Loomis finding out that he's escaped, you do a couple of hard cuts to very select snippets of him talking to little kid Myers, mm. a little yeah. bit of little kid Myers murdering that kid in the woods. And then somewhere sprinkled in, you do just flashes of him stabbing Judith Myers. And that is all you use from the first half hour. And then I think yeah. it's a really good Halloween remake and you just yeah. cut out the picture part. I mean, this is doable. Give me good software and a good computer and I could probably make you that movie. I still the green cut. The green cut. I think that I think that the green cut is better. But you still have Laurie being a yeah. big turd. Well, it's still and... it's still Rob Zombie's movie, right? Like it's just filtering what he gave us into something that I would not hate to watch. Because the first half hour of this movie yeah. is unpleasant. And not mm-hmm. like, ooh, it's so scary. It's more just like Ugh. bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. And I still think that kid being killed, that bully being killed, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if he's a bully or not. It's scarier if he's not. Yeah, I would cut out the part where he bullies Myers. I would just cut just to Myers kid. murdering a kid. And then it's just yeah. like, oh, this Myers is bad. This kid means business. Like, we have no... To me, it's... it. He just... You sympathize with him when you add all that shit in. Yeah, and show less... I don't like the part where he kills the nurse. I feel like it's almost like you're like, yeah, she was mean to you. You know, that's well, not apparently the Myers the, you want. Theatrical release, they don't... She doesn't say that line about him being ugly. Yeah. So in the theatrical, the kill of the nurse is a lot quicker and a lot more uncalled for. The theatrical cut of this movie is pretty good compared to the unrated. Well, it is, but it still has that beginning bullshit. Well, but it doesn't have the stupid rape scene. I hate the rape scene. Right. No, and you get Bill Mosley, another uh, horror icon. Wait, who's Bill Mosley? He's in every zombie movie, but he plays, I think, a guard. Is he the guard that's nice to Myers? No, that's that's uh that that's was Machete. That's uh Danny Trejo. He was in Danny Trejo. Was he in uh Yes. From Dust to Dawn? Yes. And uh was he in that motorcycle uh show? That's uh, such Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. Wasn't he in Sons at some point? He might have been. He was on Sons of Anarchy. He played Sons Romeo Parada. Yeah, I like him. No, but he's wonderful. Him. He's he's like he, the yes. coolest dude. I love him. And and he doesn't text from what I understand. <laughs> he was just on the Mandalorian. Yeah. So he's been around. So I liked his style. Mm-hmm. He was he was much a like a Barney. 
Yeah, and when he says, you know, I was good to you when he's being drowned, like, he's right. He was good. He should have spared him. He should have said, thanks for the candy. (laughs) But But he's Michael Myers, so. Right. You know, the funny thing is it's 15 years out from when this came to theaters. And today is probably the first time since I th- saw it in theaters that I actually made it through this entire movie. And because I've had that distance, in my head, I hate this fucking movie. Like, mm. big pile of trash, hate this movie. It's a dumpster fire. But really, if you get past the first, like, 30 minutes, you get to a lot of good, happy place feelings there for a little while. So I guess I don't hate this movie. I just you just hate the beginning. Can't watch the first half hour without just wishing I wasn't watching it. Like legit, my first note was a minute and thirty seconds in, and I regret watching this. <laughs> That's not a lot of <laughs> time <it>? to establish <laughs> yourself. Was it Loomis's uh, hipster haircut? No, no, I like that. That's fine. That's just Rob Zombie being Rob Zombie. I hate everything William Forsythe says. Yeah. To his girlfriend, to Zombie's oh wife. Oh my god, it's terrible. It's just like. I'm sure there are people that treat each other like this. I don't watch movies that feature them because I don't want to see that. And it's not scary. It's just unpleasant, you know? It's sad. It makes you sad. Yeah. (laughs) Treat people better. And then stab them. See, I have a different take because my issues with this movie are what you're talking about, but more or less the non-respect to the source material. And that I can't get past because that's throughout the whole movie. It's tough, though, because it's like if you really want to be that close to the source material, just watch the first one again. No, I, I, I enjoy remakes when they're done right. I love The Thing. I love the King Kong remake. Uh, I love uh, the Twilight Zone movie, which remakes a bunch of skits from the original TV show. Like, to me, if it's done with respect, even if they don't say it exactly... But they, even if they do a different twist on a line or whatever, if it's done with the homage feel, then I'm fine with it. It's when it's, like I said, delivered as if we have to. Yeah, the homework. You're not, you're not doing the character study. Like I, I read that um, Malcolm McDowell did not watch any Halloween movies. He had no frame of reference for Loomis. Purposely, which I understand as an actor, you don't want to, you don't want to be influenced. But if you're doing a movie about Frank Sinatra, you better watch a fucking Frank Sinatra movie. Well, and you can do it without watching <laughs> a Halloween. If you want to be that guy, if you want to be an original take, you, you can do that. And you can not watch the originals. and You can take it your own direction. But you've really got to fucking nail it. Like, you've got to give yeah. it enough that it looks like you tried. And a lot of times in this movie, it looks like he's just saying the line because the teacher said so, and then he can go home. And it's also the director's job to say, okay, I know you don't want to see... Pleasance's performance because you don't want to be influenced. But I'm going to give you some notes about this character. Right. This is his drive. This is why he's driven. This, these are the experiences that he had with, a, a, with an eight-year-old boy that put him in basically PTSD. Yeah. Like, to me, that's, a director can say that without showing footage. Now, then, you, you're going to shoot him seven times, but you're going to swear you shot him six. <laughs> Trust me, it's just a thing we do. And No, in this movie, he's going to load uh, three bullets into his chamber, then leave two empty. And, and then, then one more. One more. For drama. But it's Malcolm fucking McDowell. 
Like the dude from <laughs> Clockwork Orange, he understands character study. Yeah, yeah, it's Caligula. He understands like, delivery on. of lines. Like the lines he delivers in Clockwork Orange, make that movie. Yeah, he takes what's on the on the page and he kills it. Yeah, and but he also has Kubrick. Exactly, a director giving him direction. But again, when you show up in a play on a TV set or a, a TV show set or in a movie set, actors expect you to be prepared. You need and prepared doesn't mean just learn your lines. Prepared means listen to what I said and react to it. Yeah. Have what you are supposed to say and it might change based on what I say. Like that's being prepared. And I don't think any of the people in this movie were prepared at all. Yeah. I think Tyler Maine was probably doing some of the best acting in this movie. Well, I think that uh, you guys convinced me that this movie is worse than I originally thought. So That's like backwards from how we normally do it. <laughs> yeah. Why do you like this movie? We're going to take that. <laughs> Put that on its ace. But I understand what you're saying. There are There are good things about this movie, but they're not saving graces. No. And I came out of the theater liking this movie more than I ever did again until today. So, uh, you know, I I would expect over the next few years, as you think back to watching this movie, you're like, oh, yeah, that movie did suck. What was I thinking? And then later you'll remember, hey, there's some good stuff in the middle book ended by a bunch of bullshit. Right. But what's going to make you hate this movie more is (laughs) your love of the original. And then when you hear people that have not seen the original or don't like the original, uh, and they talk about how this movie is their quintessential Halloween mm-hmm. movie. And it, it makes you want to steal a bus. <laughs> 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 like, I'm just like, are you kidding? I, I saw a comment today on online. Someone was talking about this movie and they were like, it's my favorite Halloween movie. Rob Zombie's a genius. Like, there's Rob Zombie fans. There's Zack Snyder fans. They're the same people. <laughs> like, yeah. They can do no wrong. Yeah. Just like when we talk about Kubrick, like people think Kubrick can do no wrong. No, I mean Kubrick Spielberg can do can. no wrong. Kubrick and Spielberg actually can't do wrong. So they have. <laughs> but eh. yeah. This movie is not the quint- quintessential. No, absolutely I think Halloween not. four is probably better than this. Uh but yeah, maybe. what makes this movie maybe better than four is the caliber of actors that are in this movie. And like Dan said, that there's a lot of feels when you see these people because they were, they've been in all your favorite movies. Yeah. So you can kind of get past some of the bullshit. <sighs> I don't know. Well, what's next on the agenda? Oh boy, where do we go from here? Actually, I where? think George probably knows where we're going. Where are we? No, going? I don't. If we're not watching two. Yeah, we're definitely the zombie two. two. Yeah, we're not gonna watch zombie two. You're welcome to watch that on your own time and report back. But you, I do have that if you want to borrow. Man, it. no thanks. It's I interesting. It. You know what you could do is you could first time watch it with the commentary on and just forget your actual first viewing. That would be funny. <laughs> uh, no, our next movie, and I'm super excited for this because we've been basically cycling toward this for two years now. Three years Yes. Now? How long Three have we been years. doing this show? 2020. This is our, yeah. Okay, cool. This is our two-year anniversary, October 10th, I believe. Uh, 13th, but we're, we're getting 13th. close. October 13th will be our second anniversary. Oh, my gosh. Is the 13th the day we released the episode? Yes, we've been recording we probably since June of 20, so. Right. 
Yeah, we had a few in the can before we went live. Really? Yeah, we Netflixed yeah. the whole first season. Just <laughs> dropped all ten. Uh, we dropped the whole season. I forgot about that. It was a. Yeah, we've been doing this for a minute. No one has statement. has still gone to listen to Stand by Me. <laughs> There's like three <laughs> listens. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, and those are all Travis. Uh, <laughs> so George, we are gonna go. It's a good movie. <laughs> after we made you rewatch Halloween. And uh-huh. then a couple of weeks later, we had you watch Rob Zombie's Halloween. Uh-huh. It's only fitting that the next movie you watch is Halloween. That's true. So do that. Watch Halloween. That's our next movie. The original? Oh, oh, excuse me. Uh, I forgot <laughs> to mention uh, Halloween 2018. 2018. Oh. Also called Halloween, confusingly. <laughs> <laughs> what the frig? <laughs> You can't call it like the freak is going on with this franchise. Sam Hain. Yeah. <laughs> so Halloween 2018. Sawin. Uh, we're not going to tell you a lot about it, uh, except that my cousin David Gordon directed it. Uh, I'm kidding, but like, yeah, if you see pictures nice. of us, we might be related. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, mm. but so David Gordon Green and Company did Halloween 2018. It is a direct sequel to the original Halloween. So we're entering a new timeline, completely. This is yeah. This is Earth six one six. Wait, say that. <laughs> say that again. So Halloween, the original, begat uh-huh, Halloween two, which eventually skipped a bunch and went straight to Halloween H two O, retroactively. Uh-huh. But then also Halloween to Halloween two to Halloween four, is a second timeline that goes through four, five, six, and seven, okay. eight, kind of. Yep. Forget everything you know about Halloween except for the first one. <laughs> so this timeline goes from Halloween directly from the fall off the balcony. Yep, to Halloween 2018. Yes. 78 to 18. Everything else is in the dumpster bin including my beloved Halloween 3. Mm. But really are you mi- other than Halloween 3 which is so wonderful. Uh are you going to miss any of those other movies? We'll have to find out. Uh, yeah, I mean H two O was good. Trick I mean, it or depends. Treat, if the, like, listen, if this movie, good. if this movie is good, maybe I do forget about everything else. Do you guys think it's know. funny that after having watched all these, Resurrection is climbing my list of Halloween movies <laughs> instead of going down? <laughs> <laughs> it ages well. I mean, compared to a lot, four, five, and six, it does. Oh that my should God. be the subhead. Halloween seven is that what it is? Eight. eight. Halloween eight. Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> or is it surprise, motherfucker? I don't remember. Surprise, supplies, motherfucker. Some fries, motherfucker. Supplies. He it's opens so up fun. a supply cabinet. And he's like, I got markers. I got highlighters. I got supplies, motherfucker. motherfucker. Some fries, motherfucker. <laughs> Forget These the onion guys, rings. He's I got love some fries. Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> so, spoiler Whew. alert. No Buster Rhymes. In Halloween 2018. But I'm really excited to talk about it. I mean, we're finally, we made you watch a bunch of shitty Halloween movies. Mostly because I want you to understand how good we have it now with this trilogy. Yeah, Bloomhouse doing doing the work. Yes. Or you might hate it, and then we'll (laughs) just have to see. (laughs) Yeah. Or save it for the pod for Halloween uh, kills. <laughs> so we've we've got it timed out to where so you know October fifth we're entering October, October fifth mm-hmm. will be 
Halloween 2018. The 12th will be Halloween Kills. And then on the 14th, when it launches, you'll be ready to watch Halloween Ends. And we'll talk about it the following Wednesday, the 19th. It'll only be the second modern to this day movie that we've done on the show. We did the Batman. The Batman is the other, yeah. Yeah. And you don't even have to go to the theater. You can watch it on Peacock. And we'll be talking about it on October 19th. That's when the episode will launch. Uh, Guys, that's Michael Myers' birthday. Nice. Happy birthday, Michael. Halloween ends. Couldn't have planned that better. You know, once in a while I do something. (laughs) You know, what's up? Hey. Uh, And then the following week, I mean, shoot, we know our whole October schedule. It's not a secret. After we do Halloween ends, we'll circle back to the 78 Halloween with Mini Megs. Nice. That's going to be fun. That's going to be so much fun, too. So, guys, October. I mean, September was kind of shit, but we are going full cylinders (laughs) for the rest of the October fall break. You know why rewatching the original Halloween with Mini Megs is going to be fun for me? Why? Because you're now an expert. Well, I'm not an expert at anything. (laughs) <laughs> but I have like a sort of nostalgia about this movie, like like you guys do. Yeah. And we did, you know, the we did the mini Megs thing for Halloween. What was it? Five. Six, five, five. And me and her both watched this movie for the first time, mm-hmm. and had very different opinions. Now I'm going to actually get to share Your, my nostalgia yeah. for a movie. With a first-time watcher. And... That's exciting to me. What's more exciting that you should be more excited about is if she loves it, you did that. Yeah. And that's what makes me feel good about this show. It's what (laughs) keeps us coming back. Like I did with RoboCop. Because there are movies that you now love that you have never seen before. Yeah. And that's why we do this. It's wonderful. I like it. Well, I guess I should thank the listeners. You should thank the listeners. And look, you didn't even have to be told. No, it's true, because the listeners are great. That's Mm -hmm. why we do it. We just hit 800 800 subscribers on YouTube. 800 subs. On YouTube. Tell everyone. (laughs) Get us to (laughs) 1,000. Call your mom. Numbers, numbers, numbers. (laughs) We're going to have to start doing actual video content at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You should probably, like, create a second account and... Like us again. Yeah. Like, subscribe. Shoot. Comment. The hell? Comment. Oh, comment, guys. Daniel Perez holding it down in the comments, always entertaining me with his his comments. And then occasionally Russians popping up saying, this is not movie, this is bullshit, when they try to watch Basic Instinct. (laughs) Uh, But they do it in Russian, so I have to, like, translate it first. But that's that's been fun. Sorry to my... do that. Do that accent again. Oh, this is not movie. This is bullshit. <laughs> That's like some kind of Rambo 3 bullshit that you just did there. <laughs> I don't know. I think I learned my Russian accent from Red Alert 2. From Red Dawn? <laughs> Wolverine! <laughs> he learned Russian from watching all the Police Academy movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. You can also find us on Twitter at Remedial Film Pod. We'll be back next week with Halloween 2018 as we continue the fall break. We're getting off the shit movie highway and taking the off-ramp 
directly to good movies again. Uh, speaking of that, Dan had said he watched part two, and he's he uh, big fan. So oh yeah, Police to, Academy two, point. way better than the first one. Uh, the subtitle really? to Police Academy two could easily be, oh, this is what this movie's gonna be. Yeah, because they actually wrote the movie that they were making instead of a different movie and then adapting it. <laughs> uh, still not great, you know. No, it's eighties good. Colleen Camp with a three fifty seven is my kind of movie. It turns out yes. Don't move, dirt bag. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh my god! Happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> Motherfuckers, Motherfuckers. <laughs> Supplies, <Wow>. supplies, <laughs> these fries, motherfucker! Uh, it's so funny too, because you come off of <laughs> any of the Buster Rhymes motherfuckers, and it's like. <laughs> So silly and stupid. And at the time I probably hated it or would have hated it if I was watching that movie currently. But then you go through all the Rob Zombie like motherfuckers. And I yeah. miss the Busta Rhymes motherfuckers. Yeah. It's a subtle difference, but it's there and important. <laughs> Speaking of that subtlety, the original, yeah. it's just the hole where Judith's tomb, uh, headstone was. This, a dismembered friggin' dog some kind of like Illuminati witchcraft, like <laughs> crucifix. It's like, really? Like, is Myers yeah. really doing that? You didn't notice that? Like, it's so much more subtle and meaningful to have an empty hole where the tombstone was. Yeah. And <laughs> the bottom of the frame is like this face of this dog. Yeah. Stuffed dog that's like twisted and contorted into like a star. I'm just like, yeah, not, not feeling it. Yeah. That could have been the oh, subtitle Rob. to Rob Zombie's Halloween. Rob Zombie Halloween. No. Not feeling it. Not feeling, Not feeling it. it. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob. You should have stopped. Now, you guys remember what I told John Carpenter we should do, he and I, uh, when they finish up the David Gordon Green trilogy. And that is just to give good directors full license to yes. remake Halloween. And that way we're not kidding around anymore with these four and five and six just shit sequels let's just remake the one we're all trying to make anyway but with the flair of the director and i'll tell you if you do four or five more of those you know your jordan peele your kevin smith mm -hmm. your daniel green all these guys get them out mm -hmm. there to make their halloweens then i think if you look back at rob zombies in that context it'll suck even less because you'll be like yeah that's yeah. just rob zombie making it's halloween take that's true it's no longer i would like to see a Tim Burton Halloween. Tim Burton Halloween. I mean, that's the thing. When yeah. one director gets to remake Halloween, it's shitty if it's not perfect. But if all these mm -hmm. directors get a remake Halloween, everybody gains a little bit more creative license and a little bit more benefit of the doubt because it is now more their vision. Mm -hmm. And I think if you do that in that context, what we watched tonight, a little better. I hear you. But they I haven't agree. done that yet. So it still sucks. As of this time. <laughs> As of right now, it sucks. <laughs> What's funny is that's it may not essentially future. what happens with any play. Like when you have, when MTI has the rights to a play, they own the rights. And then if you're in Shawnee High School or if you're a, you know, whatever theater, you purchase those rights for, uh, to rehearse for two months and then put on a weekend or two of that production. You could do Grease. 
You can do it exactly like the movie. You can do your own version of Grease. The words are there, but you can do the show you want to do. That's essentially what I want for Halloween. So I'm I'm on board for all that. I think that that would be awesome. Every year you get someone's new take on this character. Can it be done in a year? Oh, yeah. Like, I would love to see someone shoot this movie on an iPhone. Yeah, have the guys that make VHS. Have those guys do Halloween. That'd be yeah, awesome. The guy that made Cloverfield, I'd like to see his version of Hall- Halloween. Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, you have your very basic rules. It has to be called Halloween. It has to have a character named Michael Myers in it. I don't even know if you need that rule. But, you know, just no. give me... And just under the understanding that these are all remakes of that movie from 78 that we all love. It'd be awesome. I'm down. It would be awesome. Damn. I better call John. (laughs) Your number 14 of this hour to talk to him. Friend of the show. (laughs) He'll remember. seven minutes. (laughs) He'll be like, wait, which, who's this? Oh, that guy. Nope. Click. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Damn it. How are things down there in Kansas City? (laughs) <laughs> hey, Kansas uh, City, place where Halloween debuted back in '78. He didn't know that, but I knew that. That's it. He didn't need to know that. <laughs> he was too busy cashing them checks. <laughs>